Abortion is horrendous, and it looks like we may have a win on that coming. Plus, we got Representative Andy Biggs, Jack Posobiec. Great show tonight on I'm Right. Abortion is a hard issue. It demands the best from all of us, not a judgment by just a few of us. When an issue affects everyone, and when the Constitution does not take sides on it, it belongs to the people. Roe and Casey have failed, but the people, if given the chance, will succeed. This court should overrule Roe and Casey and uphold the state's law. Amen. I'm going to disagree with him on one minor thing, though. I do not consider abortion to be a hard issue. I don't consider it to be difficult at all. I consider it to be controversial with people who are wrong, but I don't consider it to be a controversial issue. And I realize I'm speaking to a lot of people right now, and a lot of people may disagree, and I need to be real clear about something. I don't care. That doesn't mean anything to me at all. If you believe it is okay to carve up a baby like a Thanksgiving turkey in its mother's womb, you're wrong, and I'm right. That's a fact. And I will tell you something. I'm very hopeful. I'm going to get to what Clarence Thomas said today, what that horrible ghoul Sotomayor said, and much, much more today. But let's just talk about abortion very, very frankly. Very frankly. It is more than a stain on this nation it has us give up our moral high ground that it even exists here. I don't differentiate between atrocities done to women and children just because they're done by a doctor in a white lab coat in a nice setting where there's, you know, a disinfectant and such on the shelves. I don't differentiate. We as Americans make a mistake. I've made it a thousand times myself. Maybe you've made it too. We look at places around the world Maybe there's human rights abuse. Maybe there's, like I said, assaults on women and children, whatever the case may be. And what we do as Americans, because we love America, I love America, you love America, we look down on them as if we are somehow better. You, you hear this all the time now with the Taliban in Afghanistan. Now, don't get me wrong, the Taliban are evil monsters, and I hope all of them drop dead at midnight tonight. Actually, take that back right now. I wish all of them would drop dead. I'm not defending the Taliban, but you'll hear an American, maybe on the left, maybe on the right, you'll hear them go off and off about the Taliban, and I can't believe they treat women that way, and they abuse kids, they sell kids off into slavery. It's disgusting. You're right, it is disgusting. It's terrible. It should never happen. You understand that we have killed 50 million unborn babies in this country? 50 million. Not 50, not even 50,000. 50 million. And I don't care that this is something that's gone on for 50 years now. And it's just part of who we are. It's no less disgusting today than it always was. Abortion is demonic, evil, and wrong. And as a quick side note before I go into what Clarence Thomas said and Kavanaugh and Sotomayor and everything else, I do believe it is demonic. And let me tell you why. Some time ago, I did a stupid little video. It was during Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation. 
and I had to, I went decided to go undercover. It was just a joke. Again, the video is not important. It's on YouTube if you want to see it. It doesn't matter. But it, I do a little video, and I had to go back to the Kavanaugh protests, and I put on some T-shirt that made it look like I was a liberal. And of course, they discovered me right away. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I was there with a bunch of pro-abortion people. Remember that a lot of that Kavanaugh opposition was all about abortion. I love abortion, and I was going there with the intention of just kind of mocking them, poking them in the ribs a little bit, having fun with the whole thing. And I did. I did that. You'll see it in the video. It's a funny video. People love it. But I had moments there, and you know I don't have a heart, but I had moments there. I got genuinely sad for these people. If you ever spend time around these pro-abortion activists, I'm telling you there's something deeply wrong. We're not talking about an argument you have with your neighbor over taxes or illegal immigration. You get to one of these people who is just vehemently pro-abortion, there's something wrong. I will never forget as long as I live. No, I didn't take a picture of it or video, nor would it have been appropriate to do so. But I'll never forget there was a young lady there. 20s, 30s, I don't know. I'm officially at the age I can't tell how old anyone is anymore, but I would guess 30s probably. And she was standing on the Supreme Court steps. And she was naked from the waist up and had all this writing all over her body. And you take one look at that girl's eyes and you knew there was something deeply, deeply wrong in there. Drugs, demons, I don't know what it is, but there is a real sickness on that side. And if you are on the pro-life side, you should feel very proud that you stand opposite of those people. So yes, I am hopeful. I'm very, very hopeful we can overturn this law. It should not even exist in this nation. Clarence Thomas, God love Clarence Thomas. You can tell he was waiting for this one for a while. I understand we're talking about abortion here, but what is confusing is that we, if, if we were talking about the Second Amendment, I know exactly what we're talking about. If we're talking about the Fourth Amendment, I know what we're talking about because it's written, it's there. What specifically is the right here that we're talking about? Well, Justice Thomas, I think that the court in those other contexts with respect to those other amendments has had to articulate what the text means and the bounds of the constitutional guarantees. And it's done so through a variety of different tests that implement First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, Fourth Amendment rights. So I don't think that there is anything unprecedented or anomalous about the right that the court articulated in Roe and Casey and the way that it implemented that right by defining the scope of the liberty interest uh, by reference to viability and providing that that is the moment when the balance of interest tips and when the state can act to prohibit a woman from, from getting an abortion based on its interest in protecting the fetal life at that point. So the right specifically is abortion? It's the right of a woman prior to viability to control whether to continue with a pregnancy, yes. That was wonderful. I know that was a lot of legal mumbo-jumbo, not from Clarence, but from her. She immediately tried to do the word salad thing. You always know when someone's, there, when someone's lying or they got the back against the wall and they just start chucking words out there. But basically, to break that down simply, Clarence Thomas just asked a really basic question abortion activists have no answer for. Which amendment do you think gives you the right to murder your child? Where is it? Like he said, I mean, I have the Second Amendment. If we're talking about firearms, there's an amendment right there. It's part of the Constitution. I can see it. Where's the amendment? 
that gives you the right to murder your child. It doesn't exist at all. And I do need to clarify something before we go on here. There's some confusion. If Roe versus Wade gets overturned, that does not outlaw abortion in the United States of America. It does not. It does send the issue back to the states where then the individual states can outlaw abortion. Don't get me wrong. I do believe there should be a federal law outlawing it. I do. But that's not what's at stake here. What's at stake here is, does this give the freedom to individual states to make that call? That's what's going on here. And I'm going to play some Brett Kavanaugh here in a second, and I want to be perfectly clear about something. I don't know the exact way he's going to go, but it looks like he's going to go for the pro-life side. And I've been hard on Brett Kavanaugh because I remember Brett Kavanaugh getting put through the ringer by these dirty communists when he was trying to get on the Supreme Court. And I remember you, me, everybody out there fighting tooth and nail against the character assassination they put that man through. And then he's been on the Supreme Court and he hasn't been that rock solid for us at all. And that has angered me to no end when you go to bat like that for somebody and he's really kind of been very very squishy and average but if brett kavanaugh will come through on this one thing i'll be frank with you i'll forgive him you think about some of the most important cases the most consequential cases in this court's history there's a string of them where the case is overruled precedent if we think that uh, the prior precedents are seriously wrong, if that. Why then doesn't the history of this court's practice with respect to those cases tell us that the right answer is actually to return to the position of neutrality? Again, that's a lot of legal mumbo-jumbo, so allow me to explain. Lots of times, Roe versus Wade gets upheld because they'll use that word precedent. Well, it's, it's precedent! That was Kavanaugh saying precedent. If the precedent was always wrong, then why are we talking about precedent? Again, sounding like he's going to go our way. Fingers crossed, out there, fingers crossed. Now let's contrast that with Sonia Sotomayor and understand something. I consider this way of speaking about an unborn child, I do not consider it to be wrong. I consider this to be the height of evil. How is your interest anything but a religious view? Um, The issue of when life begins has been hotly debated by philosophers since the beginning of time. It's still debated in religions. Um, So when you say this is the only right that takes away from the state the ability to protect a life, That's a religious view, isn't it? Because it assumes that a fetus is life at when? You're not drawing here. When do you suggest we begin that life? Confusion about when life begins? I wouldn't have given you that excuse if it was the year 1000 and we still had doctors doing all kinds of weird things trying to figure out the sex of the baby of a pregnant woman and whatnot. I wouldn't give you that excuse then. Today, with the things we have now, they have 4D ultrasounds out there now. It's well beyond a heartbeat. You can look at that little child growing in his mother. 
So rest assured, Sonia Sotomayor is not in any way confused about when life begins. She absolutely knows exactly when life begins. She just doesn't care about it. In fact, she thinks she'd be fine if you slaughtered it. That's evil. That is evil by any stretch of the imagination. Now, I told you about those protesters I saw at the Kavanaugh protest, and it was difficult for me to put into words exactly how insane these people are, but I did think this was a pretty good video that would display some of that. We had abortion, pro-abortion, pro-murder people at the Supreme Court today talking about how much they loved abortion and guzzling down abortion pills. I'm not making it up. It's on camera. Abortion pills are in our heads and we won't stop. Abortion pills are in our heads and we won't stop. Abortion pills are in our hands and we won't stop. Abortion! be clear about something else here very 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 clear just so everyone understands you don't have any obligation to compromise with that person you don't have any obligation to meet those psychopaths halfway i would argue and you can make this call on your own i would argue you have an obligation before god himself to defeat that person that is whatever kind of sickness, mental illness, I don't know what that is. Whatever those people have is not my problem. They can never be allowed a say in our government ever. And look, I understand that this is probably a different segment for many people. I don't talk about abortion every night. As you can tell, it's something I'm very passionate about. And I do understand the people who are just not worried about it. I get that. I don't judge you. I get people who are like, ah, it's abortion. I don't care. I understand that. I'm passionate about it. I don't expect you to be. But one thing I will never be able to completely wrap my mind around is how many people love it. They just campaign on it. We have a senator calling for revolution if she can't do it. This infringement on women's rights, on our privacy, on the attempt to have state control of our personal health really is what we would see in an authoritarian state. It's not what we would expect in New Hampshire. I think if you wanna see a revolution, go ahead, outlaw Roe v. Wade and see what the response is of the public, particularly young people. That's sick. A revolution? <laughs> think, think about the mentality that takes. Uh, if, I, if I'm not allowed to murder my baby on demand, I'll revolt. How does that person, I genuinely want to know this, and I know that I'm not a good person, but how does that person look at themselves in the mirror at night and say, you're on the right side? It's sick. MSNBC's Maya Wiley had this to say. Uh, but the other is, there were so many points made about just who really bears the burden of this discussion. And women of color, if you are black, if you are Native American, if you are Latina, the vast majority of women who are not going to be able to drive the hundred miles or to um, 
or to survive. You have a higher likelihood of risk of physical health issues and death if you take a child to term than if you abort a fetus. Of course, it's about racism, isn't it? Once again, abortion is wrong. I won't equivocate on it. I don't feel the need to meet anybody halfway on the issue. And let us all bow our heads and say a prayer tonight that this thing does get overturned because I don't want to live in a country where you're allowed to murder your own child. All that may have made you uncomfortable. It almost undoubtedly did, but I'm right. We have a great show for you tonight. We got Representative Andy Biggs, Jack Posobiec, but next... More COVID insanity. You didn't think this stuff was ever going to stop, did you? But first, let's talk about something else uncomfortable. Debt. Not the national debt, that's bad enough. Let's talk about your personal debt. I know life happens. I know mistakes happen. I know screw-ups happen. I, I understand. I understand what it's like. You're looking at, at maxed out credit cards. And soon you find yourself over $10,000 in debt and you feel like you're never going to get out. You're barely treading water. You're just making the interest payments. That doesn't have to be a permanent thing. It doesn't do any good to sit around and wallow in your sorrow, be embarrassed about it. Make a phone call. Make one phone call to Total Financial Freedom and find out all the options you have. You have way more options than you think you do. They've been helping people out for 15 years. They have the reputation they have for a reason. One phone call, 877-332-8291, and tell them Jesse Kelly told you to call. 877-332-8291. Make one phone call. We'll be back. Questions from earlier about messaging. What ever happened to President Biden's promise to shut down the virus? We're working on it, Peter. That's how today went for Jen Psaki. <laughs> Look, you can't you can't excuse what's happening. You can't explain it away. She can try that snotty little ginger routine all she wants. It doesn't work. The truth of the matter is Joe Biden made it the bedrock of his campaign to shut down coronavirus and all the mandates and all the vaccines and, of course, a booster shot now and masks and all that in the world. They haven't worked. Anyone want to talk about that? Anyone want to talk about we have more COVID deaths in 2021 than we had in 2020? We didn't have this miracle vaccine in 2020. How's that humanly possible? Why does this stuff keep happening? Why do the COVID cases and deaths keep going up in these blue states? What if, what if everything we've done to combat coronavirus from the very beginning has been dead wrong and hasn't done a thing to help? What if that's true? But let's set that aside because these people, they love the money, they love the power, they don't know how to change directions. They certainly don't know how to swallow their pride and say, maybe I was wrong. And that's why you see things like this. There's rumor out now that federal health officials, they're talking to the White House already about travel restrictions. What kind of travel restrictions? Well, people returning to the United States of America being forced to self-quarantine for a matter of days? What? 
By the way, I should note, this doesn't matter whether you test positive or not. It's, hey, welcome back home, American. Now get your butt in your closet and don't come out for five days. These people are mad. They're mad. They're drunk with power. And nobody, nobody right now who's busy oppressing you and violating your rights over coronavirus, not one of them is looking in the mirror and saying to themselves, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the bad guy. Because they don't think in those terms. All they think of is power and control. Here's communist Lena Wan on CNN. Our best protection now against the variant would be to get the booster dose for those who haven't already. Though we also cannot forget about the other measures that have been in place as well, including indoor masking, which I believe that states and local jurisdictions and businesses that have let go of indoor mask mandates, they should bring it back as well as an additional step to protect against Omicron. Omicron. We definitely need to bring back indoor masking for it. I mean, it's a dangerous new variant. Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, she's already declared a state of emergency. There's this new variant. The CDC already came out and publicly said everyone needs to get boosted now because of the new variant. But remember, the doctor who found the new variant came out on video and she said, I don't, I don't know why everyone's freaking out. It's basically a mild cold. Isn't that so wild? There is no logic anymore. And the people who've gone all in on coronavirus, they can't help themselves. And they've gotten to the place. This has happened several times throughout history. This is why history ends up producing monsters who commit actual genocide. Because people get so convinced of the righteousness of their cause, it's like they can't see the things they're doing or hear themselves when they talk. Here's formerly sane Jim Cramer of MSNBC saying we should call in the military. Lord knows what happened if you didn't partake. But back then, anyone who refused to get vaccinated would get ratted out immediately because we knew that person could hurt other people. The commonweal was a, a commonweal. Now we're engaged in a similar struggle with COVID and Eisenhower would be aghast. We have immunocompromised people who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated. That's psychotic. We have companies that have tried hard to get people vaccinated and now backing down. We have governors who want to be president by grandstanding on a foolish state's right issue, the right to get sick and get other people sick. So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. And even then, you need to help in the war effort by staying home until we finally beat this thing. I want to be perfectly clear about something. That way of thinking has killed millions of people throughout history. And here's what's so wild. That guy, Jim Cramer, went home that night and he looked in the mirror and he thought he was looking at the good guy. That's what makes them so dangerous. Remember who you're fighting. All right, we got Congressman Andy Biggs, one of the good ones coming up next. Talk about Roe versus Wade. Talk about Joe Biden's mandates. Talk about all kinds of things. But first. Christmas season is upon us. Ladies, I know, I know, I hear it all the time. I hear it from my wife, mother, sister. I hear it from women all the time. Why are men so hard to shop for? I can, why are men hard to shop for? I'm about to make your life super easy. You ready for this? Go to nwretention.com. Buy your husband some custom-made gear 
right here in America. You'll love the designs. You'll have a blast checking out their cool designs. But really what you're buying him is quality, custom gear, American-made. He needs a new he needs a new holster inside the waistband, scout chest holster. Maybe he needs a sling. Maybe he needs a belt. Everything at Northwest Retention Systems is the highest of quality. No more complaining about, he's hard to shop for. Go to nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. It gets you 10% off right now. nwretention.com. We'll be back. Uh, the sanctity of life. And uh, I'm prepared to accept that the moment of conception is human life and being. How about Joe Biden being as pro-life as it is? Joining me now, representative from Arizona, one of the good ones, Andy Biggs. Congressman, proud to have Joe Biden on our team. What was the scene like at the Supreme Court today? Hey, it was crowded. It was great. We had a, a ton of pro-life advocates there, and uh, we outnumbered the uh, the other side at least three to one. And, um, you know, there was chanting back and forth, but I'll tell you what. Uh, it's great to be with pro-life Americans who understand that the value and sanctity of human life. Congressman, can you explain, I, I've done the best I can because I've been to these before, actually at the Supreme Court with the pro-life and the pro-abortion people. Can you explain in a better way than I could why these pro-abortion people are so adamant about it? Now, I'm rapidly pro-life, everyone knows that, but I understand people who are indifferent to it I'll never understand somebody who loves it. And these people show up and they love it and they brag about it. What's wrong with them? You know, Jesse, I don't know. I mean, I'm like you. I, I don't understand the, the advocacy. I understand maybe uh, some concerns or maybe this, as you say, this kind mm. of indifference. But we, we've actually had a, a, a professor, a college professor, testify twice in the last month and a half that she thinks abortion is love and abortion is is pure and and just this this marvelous thing and i'm thinking and she bragged about aborting twins that she had been carrying and i found oh. myself just repulsed by that just absolutely repulsed i mean we're talking human life and these people want to be able to snuff out human life um from incept inception of life uh, to nine to nine months in the womb, and even what they're calling post-birth abortion. Oh, good God! All right, what, well, Congressman? Uh, could you do me a favor and get my hopes up? To, I, I know you heard the oral arguments today. I did too. I don't speak lawyer. I'm a, I'm an idiot. Did, did that sounded like it was going pretty well for us? Yeah, you know, having had. Um, watched other cases before the Supreme Court before, I would tell you that every time you think that that, that things are gonna go well, j just don't count your chickens yet, is what I would say. Let's let's see what happens. And I think that the, the tenor of the arguments, the tenor of the questions, um, the tenor of the answer to the questions that I observed today indicate to me uh, a, a, a potential for a positive outcome, but Jesse, I, I, I just been around it too long to to believe it until I see it actually written in parchment uh, in the opinion, the final opinion. That's why I asked you because I knew you would just give it to me straight. I got my hopes up. All right, fair enough. We'll sit back and wait. 
All right, Congressman, we have a federal judge stopping Joe Biden's clearly unconstitutional vaccine mandate. So I guess I'm going to ask you the same question again. Obviously, this is temporary. This is, they're going to keep challenging this thing. Everyone and their brother knows this thing is unconstitutional. Surely this doesn't have a chance to get real legal legs behind it, right? Yeah, there's, there's a number of things that... So, so there's, there's three mandates that are, that are... Right now, you've got the OSHA mandate that's on a nationwide injunction. Then you've got a, uh, the CMS mandate on, on healthcare workers that's, that's enjoined. And then you have uh, another one where they're trying to get uh, federal workers that looks like that's enjoined. And then you've got the fact you got federal contractors, then you've got the military. All of those are unconstitutional. The, the, the one there's even any kind of colorable uh, story on it is the, is the uh, military. So the, the judges have been consistent on this and the opinions that have been written have been so forceful and strong and, and, and with great clarity of the unconstitutional uh, posture of these mandates that uh, I think they're setting up a great foundation for uh, should this get to the Supreme Court. Now, the problem that you ha- that, that I think will win in the Supreme Court, there's a good chance of that. But the problem we have is you've got these corporate leaders that looks like some of them are actually working with the Biden administration in the background to compel their employees to go ahead and get vaccines, um, regardless of the constitutionality of the government mandates. And that becomes a huge problem as well. So we have to keep our eye on that. It is a huge problem. It's a huge problem for a variety of reasons, Congressman, because I, 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 I want government to be small. I, I know you're a small government guy, too. I, I want it to be limited. I, wanted it to, I want it to be small. At the same time, I think I want someone in my Republican state to step in if we're going to have this corporate Democrat Party cabal that just passes rules when they can't pass laws. This, this is a big problem in this country, not just with mandates. Yeah, no, you're right. This is what I call... The, the, the neo-fascist movement. I mean, that's what the, you're seeing it borne out in the health initiatives, whether it was the, uh, the, this vax mandate, um, uh, the lockdowns that were coming, you had businesses that were complicit in that because they were, they were, they were not gonna lose their jobs. So they were complicit. So that's fascism. When you get big government and big uh, business put together, to impose mandates and regulations on our lives, that's pure and simple. That's what fascism ultimately uh, looks like. And that's what you're seeing with these, these vax mandates that are not constitutional, but companies are still going to enforce them regardless. And I think you're gonna see some lawsuits on that too, Jesse. In fact, I know there's lawsuits out there saying, look, you can't, you can't do that. And so that's gonna be a challenge going forward. Uh, hopefully we can win on that. Good. Fingers crossed on that. All right, finally, Congressman, the CBO says Biden's Build Back Better gives amnesty to 6.5 million illegal immigrants. Please don't tell me 6.5 million illegal immigrants are about to be voting American citizens in the next couple elections. Well, right now, just so, just so you know the posture that the build a, better, uh, build a Bigger Bankruptcy Bill of Joe Biden remains in the House. <laughs> the paperwork's still in the House, right? And it hasn't been transmitted to the Senate. When it gets to the Senate, the parliamentarian is most likely to kick that out because that has that there's no there's no authority that it won't pass the the bird rule, uh, which is a which is a technical rule in the Senate. So if that if that doesn't happen, uh, then that will get tossed out. 
And I'll tell you, I think the CBO is underestimating. My estimate is closer to 10 million uh, or more illegal aliens that would get amnesty based on uh, just the, the extrapolation of the data and the numbers that I've seen uh, as uh, over the years as I've watched the, the, the data roll in from the uh, CBP. Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you so much for giving us some time today, sir. Jesse, thanks. Take care, man. That's good news. How about that? Some good news, so-so news in there. One of the good ones. We need we need a lot more like Andy Biggs in Congress. All right, we got Jack Posobiec coming up next. He's going to give his impassioned thoughts about Dr. Oz and Roe versus Wade and all kinds of things. But first, I know it's shop for health insurance season. Tis the season, right? I get it. And... I've been there a thousand times. I, I know what you're going through. I know you're, you're, you're switching dif- through the different tabs on different websites. I, I don't understand these premiums and this deductible, and I don't get... I know, I know, I've done it. As you can tell, I've done it. Have you thought about OneShare Health? A faith-based group. OneShare Health is a faith-based group that gives you incredible coverage options incredible savings and anything you want dental vision 24-hour telemedicine whatever you need it's at one share health and right now they've got a deal well something i consider to be special if you go sign up right now if you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash kelly use promo code jesse kelly you not only get 75 dollars off your initial fee they're going to donate five percent every single month of what you give to our veterans with PTSD. My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly. Go now. We'll be back. Joining me now, my friend Jack Posobiec, host of the Human Events Daily podcast, which is blowing up all over the place. Unsurprisingly, Jack, I, I hate to get my hopes up. I, I, I try not to be too much of a cynic, but I'm just that by nature. But man... Jack, I really despise abortion, as I know you do, and you were all over these oral arguments today. What's supposed to be my takeaway from it? Well, what's really interesting in this, Jesse, is that I actually talked to, so with with me, one of the people I defer to on this is the publisher of Human Events, and that's Will Chamberlain. He's a Georgetown lawyer. Um, He is the expert on reading the tea leaves of the court. And what he was saying was like, look, I think you've got at least four or five hard yeses that they will uphold the Mississippi law going into this. And he said, it's really the ones you got to look at are potentially uh, Gorsuch or, um, of course, Roberts going into this, because, of course, Roberts is always going to try to find a way out of it. Right. So he said, Roberts, of course, uh, don't use the phrase, but split the um, unviable fetus, possibly. Uh, So he wants to find a way to, you know, kind of make a neutral setting for this. But what happened is you've got these millennial abortion, pro-abortion lawyers, I call them abortion Beckys, that are up there arguing against this thing, arguing in favor of keeping Roe v. Wade where it is, and they are being completely intransigent. They will not compromise on any letter of this. And then you've got Clarence Thomas going up there, basically winning the day, and he's certainly winning over uh, Barrett and Kavanaugh with this. Show me the text. 
show me the text of the Constitution that says any of the things you guys are talking about. They're making these semantics arguments. They're talking about, well, it's an issue of liberty. Um, and Thomas goes, you know, we used to talk about privacy. We used to talk about the, all these different things. You're not even saying that anymore. And they just said, no, it's a woman's right to choose, a woman's right to choose, a woman's right to choose. Honestly, the arguments weren't even that good. So it put them in a position where, and the AP, just before I came on this, put out their headline as well that said, it looks like all six conservative justices are leaning towards upholding this thing, which could lead to a potential massive overhaul of Roe v. Wade, the likes of which we have not seen since 1973. And honestly, it's interesting. I actually looked this up because the argument that they kept trying to make was, oh, Roe v. Wade's the law of the land. It's a longstanding tradition. Um, actually, I checked Roe v. Wade is younger than every single one of the Supreme Court justices that are currently on the bench. Jack, now this decision, it's my understanding we're not going to get a final decision until June or so. What, what is that about? How are they not making a decision now? They have to go back for six months and discuss everything? Well, that's typically how the Supreme Court runs. Um, you could see something, though, as a decision possibly as early as spring, but it's typically summer when the big decisions are done. That's when the Supreme Court term uh, closes out, certainly closes out by August. And this is something where they're going to go back and I, you've got people like Clarence Thomas there. This is clearly, and you could see it in his questioning today, he's usually very, very quiet during these uh, opening argument sessions. But today he was leading the charge on this. This is a moment, that day, that he has been waiting for for 30 years. He has been waiting so long to finally take a crack at Roe v. Wade. And you could see it. You could see how excited he was. You could see the energy just crackling around his eyes like he's Thanos ready to take it to these uh, these abortion Beckys and saying, no, we, we are done with this. This is not based on any law. It's bad legal fan fiction. And it always was from the start. God bless Clarence Thomas. All right. Our, one final thing on this, just so we're clear, this does not make abortion illegal in America. It's simply, if they do overturn it, it just tosses the issue back to the states, and the states can ban it themselves, correct? That's exactly right. So what it would do is, it would basically be like the death penalty, right? We have death penalty states, and since the 1800s, we've got some states that were death penalties, some states that aren't. It would toss it back to our red state, blue state thing, which is actually what the Constitution calls for. All right, moving on here. I want, to, I want to remind everyone about this Project Veritas video from some time ago because the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is going on right now and Jeffrey Epstein's back in the news. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will say, oh, that we that also quashed the story. Yeah. And then um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail and now it's all coming out and it's like these new revelations and I freaking had all of it. Jack, now obviously there's a ton we can unpack there. That's an old video, but I'm sorry, I can't seem to get past the 
we had Clinton. Uh, Bill Clinton is not only the former president of the United States of America, he is still, last time I checked, maybe I should check social media, he's still very much alive. We have an ABC reporter on tape saying she is in possession of evidence showing him involved in an international child sex trafficking ring. How has he not been asked about it? And not only was he not asked about it, he was given a featured spot at the last DNC that was held in 2020, <laughs> even after all these revelations came out. A featured spot uh, alongside Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. The biggest thing for me on this video is she's showing you what it's like. Right, she's showing you that all of the accusations that people who criticize the media, when Trump says, you know, the media is fake, they're the enemy of people, et cetera, et cetera. This is what it actually is like behind the scenes. The royal family will call you up and say, you can't run that story. The Clintons will kill the story, right? Hillary Clinton, and we know what she did during uh, the accusers, Monica Lewinsky, et cetera, et cetera. You have now a reporter who's obviously not a conservative, and you can tell with Amy Robach, she's not upset, right? She's not upset that these people weren't taken down. She's upset that she didn't get credit for the story that she was going to run. That person, Virginia Roberts, that is the victim who eventually came out through the Miami Herald years and years and years later. You sat on that and how many more people had to be victimized while you were sitting on this, but oh, I couldn't get the scoop. And that's Jack, and just to clarify, would you elaborate on what that victim is alleging? Yeah, so, um, and just to, to, to clarify what I was saying, the last thing, journalists are bad people. Okay, clear. Next. Indeed. Um, this victim, and she is yet to testify. There's actually a question about whether or not she will testify in the Glenn Maxwell case, but um, what we are hearing come up in this case, it is, it's bad stuff. I mean, you're talking about um, stuff on the airplane, stuff in the bedroom, stuff in private, stuff oh. in semi, you know, like party kind of things going on. And it's very, very, very sorted. I mean, we're talking uh, Fifty Shades of Grey level stuff that, you know, if people want to go read oh. the transcripts, they can check it out. This is this is bad stuff, Jesse. Thank you for not elaborating on this family show, by the way, Jack. All right, finally, I did see that Dr. Oz is running for U.S. Senate he in the state of Pennsylvania, and I'm sure that has uh, suburban soccer moms everywhere squealing with delight. Uh, should they be happy about Dr. Oz? Yeah, so Dr. Oz is a woke, CRT-pushing, pedophile-defending carpetbagger who thinks that he can run in my home state of Pennsylvania, and I'm going to be doing everything in my power to make sure that that absolutely doesn't happen. I don't care if I have to move home to do that. Uh, this guy, it, I've gone through just a couple episodes, you know, basically even started scratching the surface of the insanity this guy pushes on his show. Um, not only the woke crap, he has a whole episode called Trans Kids and talks about what to do oh. and how to help your kid make the transition from their, uh, the, what, are they, what is it, birth assigned gender to their preferred gender, talks about double mastectomies and everything else and how great it is to, you know, to have trans kids in this. He did support uh, convicted, uh, murderer and child rapist Rodney Reed a couple years ago. I mean, the laundry list on this guy is completely insane. And then he comes out and just wants to say, oh, but I'm a conservative Republican who, by the way, has never been from Pennsylvania. He's been living in North Jersey for like the last 30 years. If you want to come to Pennsylvania, Mr. Oz, Dr. Oz, I don't think you understand the gauntlet that's going to come down on you. So really what you need to do is just go home, 
go back to your private, you know, your ABC set. You can enjoy yourself there. Last time I said, journalists are not good people, and I am not letting one of them become the representative of my glorious home commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Amen. I'm a Sean Parnell guy anyway. Go, Sean. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate you, brother. God bless. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. Next. Last chance. Don't you hate when salesmen say that? I hate it every time I walk on the car lot. It's the last chance. This is the last day. So I'm about to have to say it. You know how I've been telling you to become a First TV supporter when you go to the firsttv.com slash support. And I've also been telling you it's 20% off right now. 20% off right now to go be a First TV supporter. But this is your last chance. The last day is today. Tomorrow you can't get it. Go to the firsttv.com slash support. Sign up. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. I'll be honest with you about something. I'm not a big champagne drinker. I know you're going to be shocked by that. I'm sure you thought I was very sophisticated with my pinky out sipping on champagne every night, but I'm not a big champagne guy. But I have learned something. Women either will not or cannot properly open a bottle of champagne. Because I have opened a couple. Or New Year's with the wife or something like that. I have opened a couple. And the wife either can't ever get it done or she's so intimidated by the popping of the cork that she just, she, 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 can't, she can't make herself do it. And I used to think that was the weirdest thing in the world. But I've seen so many videos just like this one and now I get why women don't do it. right in the face. It's not funny. I'll see you tomorrow.